Hello and welcome to the State News Sports Roundtable. Yeah, we're finally back, and we're back better than ever after a two-week hiatus, and I'm joined by three members of our sports desk, and Brendan Gumbel, Sarah Tidwell, and Sean Ryder via Zoom. What's going on, guys? What's up? How we doing? How you doing, Eli? Listen, I'm doing swell. I'm sitting here with crappy internet trying to get all this done. Um... It is what it is, but we're gonna we're gonna do our best. Hopefully, this works out well. The audio is not gonna be as good as it normally is when we're back at the old newsroom. But you know, rip the newsroom right now. We can't go in. So, um, anyway, so this week in the roundtable, we haven't been here in two weeks. We gotta discuss the coronavirus. We gotta talk what's going on. So first, let's talk about our specific situations. What's kind of going on, Ryder? Where are you right now? And what are you? What have you been up to? Um, I'm in my hometown of Frankenmuth, Michigan. Um, currently sitting in my windowless room in the basement. Uh, can't really complain. Um, just kind of been going through the motions. I'm doing as little school as humanly possible. Um, reading like two pages out of a book, immediately shutting it and then never picking it up again. Staring at walls, just feeling very vacant in general. It sounds like hell of a time, not going to lie. I mean, I mean, it's I mean, now that classes are pass fail, like I feel like everyone's grades are about to drop a whole lot. And the minimum to pass is just a 1.0, so like It's a 1.0. That was the selling point for a lot of people that all right, I'm done, I can just mail it in. <laughs> oh my god. I didn't know the passing point was a 1.0 now. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, it's, it's a 1.0. Oh my lord! Yeah. So, I think it's like that for everything except for like the med students and vet students and stuff that are like in the yeah. college part. Oh, okay, okay. So, Sarah, where are you right now? What have you been up to? Oh, uh, I just got back to my hometown in Port Huron, uh, like Thursday or Friday of last week. I've been just you know chilling, same as Ryder in the windowless basement, trying to stay sane. Definitely downloaded Animal Crossing and have been doing that nonstop too keep myself on the ball but that's pretty much it gumball how about yourself um first off i just want to put it out there Uh, i'm fully aware that the first two times i've been on this podcast um unfortunate events have transpired the first (laughs) being the unfortunate death of kobe and the second being the outbreak of the coronavirus so with that being said i have taken it upon myself to if at the time of this release something terrible were to happen i will retire from my illustrious podcasting career if something were to happen gumball i think you're being too hard on yourself (laughs) yeah i'm I'm a man of the people i'm a man of the people but i'm in rochester hills michigan um i feel like i've been living the same day over again for the past two weeks i wake up around noon every day i have a bowl of cereal and i've been uh re-watching the office so that's kind of been the highlight of my days but I i don't really do much I gotta say, The Office is a move because that's been on Comedy Central like every single day, and it's pretty lit. Not gonna lie. Yeah. No, I, I I watched it a while ago, and I'm just rewatching it. And I kind of it's been good to kind of get back into it. It's a move. Um, as for me, I am also in a basement with like four windows, but they're like little windows. They're not even really windows. Um, terrible internet connection. Um, so Zoom meetings have been a blast, especially with uh, Gumble and I's Professor Ackerman in Econ. Oh God. 
<laughs> the guy is I just the professors. The professors are having more fun with it than the uh, the kids are. That's for sure. For those of you who don't know, who Professor Ackerman is and um, who or he's our econ Gumble and I's econ professor, and he's had a wild background. Every single day in his Zoom classes, along with blaring the weekend, blaring the weekend into a speaker. It's, I mean, as Ryder would say, it's electric. I, it really is. Um, the but, new album is awesome, though. I'm just going to put that out there. It, it's awesome. I haven't listened to it yet. I should it's have the time to. Awesome. But I haven't. You've got the time to me, Yeah, I do have the time. That is true. So, uh, first, I want to talk about you know sports i mean even though we haven't had them for like two weeks um first of what i want to talk about though is that initial 24 hours of sports i mean it was really crazy and a lot going on specifically for michigan state students because of that initial 24 hours um where i mean it was what 10 11 o'clock and we got that email saying all of our classes were moving online that wednesday and it's just like it was right after that. I remember going into the newsroom and around two ish and I was watching. I think it was NC State and Pittsburgh ACC tournament. I think that's the last sports game I've watched was that Wednesday. Um, and I mean, I'm you know, my dad comes and picks me up around seven. I'm on my way home and all of a sudden I get a notification. I'm a big Thunder guy. Get a notification that Rudy Gobert has the coronavirus and that the entire NBA just got shut down. And then after that, it was just a domino effect. It was a really emotional, like 24 hours for, I think for everybody. And so, I mean, Ryder, what was it like for you in those initial 24 hours? So, um, that was a really, that Wednesday was a really long day for me. Um, I woke up at 4 a.m. and drove to St. Ignace, which is literally just right past the Mackinac Bridge in the UP, because I had a job interview up there at 9. So I did that, and I was driving home. I was about, like, 30 minutes from the drive, and I stopped at a rest stop, and, like, I checked my phone, because, you know, no texting and driving, not that kind of guy. And my phone's just blowing up. It's like, we're online now. We're all, like, completely online. And I was really worried that day, because I had that job interview, which is three and a half or so like my, uh, hours away from East Lansing, and I had an exam at three o'clock. So this is bad, but like my immediate like feeling was just like, okay, that's good. That exam's canceled. I can take that online now. But that was just like, I mean, it was crazy. And then I guess like I've never seen anything like what happened that night. I mean, we've all seen the stories, and you know. Carly and Wendy and uh, Schmucker did a great job with uh, covering the bars uh, that night. Yes, they did. But, um, like, I admit I was at the bars that night, but, like, standing in the bars and <laughs> just, like, watching everything go down with, like, Rudy Gobert and Fred Hoiberg, like, it was all happening at once on these big TVs and this loud, crowded, dark bar. And, like, watching everybody, like, realize, like, this is a lot more serious than we originally thought it was going to be. Watching everything get canceled, just, I've never, ever seen anything like that. Sarah, what was it like for you in those 24 hours? Uh, yeah, that Wednesday, I woke up at, like, 1 o'clock. Because I didn't have class till 3 on Wednesday. And when I woke up, there was probably, like, 60 texts in the sports group chat. There was a bunch of, like, Snapchats from friends around the, the state. 
who were in other colleges and they were all like, yeah, we're heading home this weekend. And I was like, wait, why? And then I finally like checked my email and saw that we were online. And I was like, oh, okay, bet. Like, I don't have to go to class today. So I definitely didn't leave my bed that day. And I was just like keeping up with everything on Twitter. Everything was just kind of happening so fast. And then like with the newsroom too, like I thought the D'Antonio thing, like in the newsroom was bad. But then when this happened, like everything just went insane. And I was like, okay, like, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to cover now because like, I don't have sports. Like everything just got canceled. And, you know, I was looking forward to the NCAA tournament. I was looking forward to opening day for MLB. And that's just like, none of that's happening now. So that's a big bummer, but we're, you know, building back up from there. Yeah. Gumble and I, you know, speaking of his bad rep on the podcast, him and I both got on and we're talking on the pod about coronavirus before we talked MSU hockey being done. And I listened back to that a couple days ago because I hadn't heard it. And I was just curious what we talked about. Gumble and I both said, and I quote, it would take a lot for the NCAA tournament to be canceled. Mind you, this was about three hours, two or three hours before the NBA shut down. So, or at least before like they canceled the Thunder jazz game that night. And Gumble and I were like, I don't know if it was like we were in denial at that time or if we just weren't fully grasping the situation, but it blew my mind like listening to it. I was like, literally three hours later, everything was canceling. So Gumble, what was it like for you being in that situation? Um, I think it was just a lot of uncertainty because like obviously it's uncharted territory. Like no one knows, no one at that time really knew what we were dealing with at all. And like you had people there, it was really, there was no middle ground. Like people were either like, all right, this is really serious. Like I need to go home like right now. And there was other people like, all right, I'm like, this is, this is just the flu. Like I'll be fine if I get it. I'm just going to live my life as normal. And then I think as time has gone on, like more people are starting to take it serious. And I think we're only going to like come out on the other side of it sooner. If more and more people just, just full on, just like don't leave their house until we can get a situation, a solution for it. Then you've got the guy um, in that video um, when they're down at that beach. If I get Corona, I get Corona. You got that going on right now too. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a video. That guy's gonna regret that in a couple of years when he looks back on that. Just, that was bad. Yeah, one hundred percent. That whole bar thing that Sean was talking about, like that's definitely what I expected out of MSU students. But when I was leaving East Lansing last week on Thursday. Everything was dead. There was nobody out in the streets. There weren't cars. There weren't anything. So, I mean, the students are, like, they're gone. They're obviously listening, but there's still some people who need to kind of grasp grasp the fact that you need to stay inside or else this isn't going to go away. It blew my mind. I think I left, it was last week Friday. So, it would have, it's been, like, over a week since I've moved out. And my dad had me up there at 8 o'clock in the morning to get my stuff out. And I saw one person moving stuff out or not moving or one person while I was there when I was moving stuff out. And that was the person at the front desk. And I, the cars like over, I mean, Hubbard in the East neighborhood anyway is pretty dead. I mean, nobody goes to the East neighborhood, but you know, it is what it is. Um, But I mean, it was empty and it was so unbelievable to be around the most surreal thing. Like I've been up there a lot in the summertime with my brother and sister both being alums and um, going up for whatever reason. And I've never, ever seen it that dead. And it was really surreal. Just I, nothing I've ever, I've ever seen like it. But um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, though, was specifically Rudy Gobert and his whole predicament. Because 
you look back at the tape a couple days before he gets, he, you know, he ends up testing positive for coronavirus and he's touching the mics. According to um, Adrian Wojnarowski from, I can't say his last name, but you know, Woj from ESPN talking about, um, had some reports that he was touching people's like stuff and like hugging people, even though he knew he had like tested for it and was being really, you know, reckless with it. And Donovan Mitchell ends up getting it. I don't know how more people from the Utah Jazz didn't get it if he was doing that, if, as contagious as it is from what I understand. I mean, Gumbel, what did you think about Rudy Gobert and his actions? I mean, obviously it's not a good look, like, when you're looking back on it. But at the time, I mean, like I said, there was so much uncertainty. So, like, I don't, you can't tell me he was the only one joking around about it. Mm-hmm. Um and I, you know, there were the reports that like all the other jazz teammates were kind of pissed at him, but he sounded pretty remorseful. And you know, I think once everyone kind of realized how severe it was, the the jokes kind of stopped. But obviously, it was a tough look because yeah, like a lot of us had made those jokes. I mean, all of us. I mean, we were talking, you know, Wednesday in the newsroom, we were doing, it, and we were calling like our coverage like the big Corona, calling it the Rona. Like we were all doing it, and it's Rudy Gobert almost ended up being like mm-hmm. almost in a way like. The um, I don't know I can't think of the exact word for it, but he was like the sole reason that things like finally like everyone took it seriously and like everything shut down, and that was what was amazing to me is like it finally all just went dead after that. As soon as Rudy Gobert got diagnosed, everything was done. As of what probably noon of the next day, everything was done. I just thought that was kind of incredible. I mean, Ryder, what did you think about Rudy Gobert? Like Gumbel said, it was obviously careless. I mean, it was careless and like, in retrospect, honestly, like at the time, like nobody really knew like how severe it's going to be. Nobody knew that everything was going to get canceled. Nobody knew that we wouldn't have a tournament, that football season might be in jeopardy, the Olympics would get postponed. So many things and massive, massive deals happen. And we just did not know. It was completely unprecedented, even though that word's been overused. And I feel bad for him in a way, but I mean, for sure, he learned a lesson. He kind of learned it for everybody else. Sarah, what did you think about Rudy Gobert? Um, when I originally watched the video on Twitter, I was definitely pissed off to start because, you know, that put all of those reporters in jeopardy and it was just kind of definitely a careless thing to do, a really bad look for him. But, um, like, the thing about the joking about the virus, because nobody knew how serious it was, I feel like joking is a coping mechanism for some people in a time that's like as dark and stuff as this and like they don't know what's going on so they're gonna joke about it because they're deep down they're pretty scared but you know they don't know how to handle it so but um yeah he did definitely learn his lesson hopefully you know things for him start to look back up um after you know everything passes and people don't hold it over his head but you know, that's probably what's going to happen for a little while because he's kind of the one that kickstarted everything. So now we're going to go ahead and transition into what we've kind of been doing over like these last, I mean, couple weeks to try to cope without sports because frankly, I mean, it's been kind of depressing. Gumble, what have you been trying to doing, trying to do to get your sports fix as of late? Um, I probably have taken a little bit of an unorthodox approach. I would say put a lot of time into sports over the past couple of years just because like it's a big passion of mine and I'm trying to pursue a career in it so it's kind of I don't want to say I was getting burnt out but 
I think I'm just trying to use this time as a mental break, focus on some other things, um, like music, TV shows, movies, and stuff like that. And probably like around the time when the NFL draft comes around in like mid-late April is when I'll start like gearing back into things probably. So that's how I'm doing it. It is. The NFL draft's actually going to be pretty awesome this year, it sounds like. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's going to be pretty unique, definitely. I mean, it is a shame that it's not going to be in Vegas because it sounded like they were going to be taking like literally like people on boats and bringing them onto the draft stage, which would have been awesome. But like this whole Skype thing. Yeah. Now it's going to be over FaceTime, Skype, and they're going to broadcast it. So, I mean, I'm all here for it. I just need something in my life. But uh, Sarah, what have you been up to in terms of trying to get your sports fix as of late? Uh, Basically just, you know, reminiscing on old moments over the semester over, over like the past, you know, year sports throughout college and also everything from back in the fall. Um, but also kind of a little bit about of what, you know, Gumble's doing, taking a break, trying not to focus on it because I don't have anything to write about right now. So, you know, you went from I went from like cramming a bunch of writing in, focusing on sports solely the whole first two months of the semester and you know, it was overwhelming. So yeah, I have taken a little bit of little bit of a break, but still, you know, reminiscing. I follow, I keep up on Twitter with a lot of different sports accounts. So Ryder, how about you? Uh, I'm I'm hurting a bit. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I mean, obviously, sports is a big part of our lives. It's just like to me, it's weird to fathom like kind of taking a break. Away. Like I was really looking forward to uh, you know baseball season this year. Uh, I guess really the way I've been feeling is just been watching just an excessive amount of dirty thirties, um, reading sports books, reading weird articles about sports, just trying to broaden myself without actually broadening myself. Like it's got to be disappointing that you can't gamble on random ass spring training games anymore, right? I and like I, I mean, from that perspective as well, like. You know, from the start, once things started going down, I was plugging in the schnooker bets. I was like, you know, Czech Republic hockey, you know, <laughs> Russian table tennis, and I was doing pretty well. It's Are been, you kidding me? Like, to a point, like, it's not even, like, I, you know, like, most books, like, they're not paying out. I mean, if you were down, like, you might not even have to pay. It's just, like, it, it's a really tough time. Um and like I, it's, you're seeing it right now. When you turn on the news, you look at Vegas asking for a bailout. So it's definitely something. Um, that being said, I cannot wait for when we actually have real, legitimate action ever again. Because I'm not taking that for granted. I'm not gonna lie. My only actual action over the last couple weeks in terms of sports has been playing NCAA football on the on the old Xbox 360. I brushed her off. Put put the disc in. I've been rebuilding. Uh, well, I was at Bowling Green, but I got offered the job at Boston College. So now I'm rebuilding Boston College. Sarah, what was your instant reaction? Um, you know, definitely really upset. Um, I felt for the seniors more than I felt like for the entire season because, you know, Cassius Winston is a legend here at Michigan State. And just the fact that he's not going to get to play in his last um, March Madness NCAA tournament you know, I definitely feel that his, like, upset towards that. I know he's obviously disappointed, and um, it just kind of sucks that, you know, a year ago today, they had just made it to the Final Four, and, you know, this year we're just kind of sitting at home. We don't get to watch these boys on the big screen anymore. So, you know, but um, it, I guess we have um, – I like the fact that, um, you know, people are still uplifting about it. Like, they're not 
really trying to be too negative because they're trying to, you know, keep the positive vibe going around with the pandemic. And um, also the fact that it's, you know, a what if kind of thing, like you can make up your own scenarios in your head now, like you guys have been doing with your um, your regions and your uh, your what are, what are they called? The, the brackets that you guys have been making for the state news. So, I mean, that's kind of a nice aspect is, you know, you can keep the what ifs. You can put your own personal favorite to win. But the fact that, you know, we don't get to see these boys play anymore is what's really upsetting. Yeah, and of course, Ryder's immediate imagination goes to chalk in the first round. So okay, all right, Eli, we'll, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, it's, it's. I was just so disappointed. I was expecting so much out of you, but we're gonna get into this. Oh yeah, for sure. So Ryder, um, instant reaction to MSU men's hoops, and you know, their, the end of their season and March Madness be coming to a halt. I mean, uh, it, it's obviously heartbreaking because it's a it's a promise unfulfilled. I mean, that is what it is. I think we can go back to uh, when you, me, and Jaina were on the pod, I believe, and we were doing you know uh, you know ceilings and floors for multiple Big Ten teams in the tournament, and you know Michigan State was in a little bit of a rough patch at that point. And when you asked us like, what do we think Michigan State's ceiling is? We were like. We, we really didn't know. I mean, we were pretty, I, I'll say this, I was, like, I'm pretty, I was pretty jaded at that point towards the team. I thought they could have been playing a lot better. Um, and then they go on this amazing stretch, like immediately after. They win out their last five games. So, like, I was all in. You know, it just sinks in more and more every day that we got deprived of what could have been an all-time tournament run. But at the end of the day, I mean, it was the right choice to cancel the tournament. Um, lives are going to be saved as a result of that. So you can't really be all that mad about it. All we can really do is just, you know, think about what it could have been, what could have been, and reminisce on what actually happened and how great it was at the time. Yeah, it's crazy to think. I mean, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. I mean, like Gumble and I, literally, when we were on that podcast before we all went home, like just we were like in denial at that point that March Madness could ever be changed or like go away. Yeah, we. We didn't know, like, how serious it was, and, like, we didn't think that canceling the tournament altogether would be, like, a possibility altogether, but um, I think once Rudy Gobert got it, I think that kind of set everyone in reality a little bit, and then all the dominoes started falling. I mean, it was just, like, literally, I think my exact quote was just, like, it would take so much, and literally, with yeah. like, it was 24 hours, not even, and... It's it's just been so bizarre, but I mean, it's it's not even just as much as like the seniors that I feel for in this situation because obviously I think everybody does and I and I do as well. But it's also the teams like Dayton and Penn State, Rutgers, San Diego State that I just this is a once in a lifetime thing for these guys because this is these are pro- like Michigan State, you know, a year from now because of who they are as a program and with Tom Izzo at the helm, they're they're going to be back. They'll be back yeah. in this position again within the next two or three years where everything, when things do come back, hopefully come back to normal, they're going to be there again. But it's yeah, and, Dayton. And, 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 yeah, and teams like Dayton, who, like, they're not getting an OB top, uh, top and walking through their door uh, every year. So, like, he's going to the NBA now. And, like, for them, they were going to be a really high seed and they were going to have a legit chance this year. So you just feel for teams like that. You're right. And, I mean, like... The other thing that's really like hurt, like seeing around the league or seeing around sports too, is how, and thankfully, a lot of the owners and players have stepped up. Been the workers in the stadiums, 
as well. Um, them getting their, you know, paid. A lot of these guys were hourly workers, and it's been good seeing guys like Mark Cuban, some of them step up and say, like, hey, we're going to pay you as if you still were here because this isn't your fault. This isn't, you know, in keeping these people safe. And that's and that's, that's been a heartwarming thing that I think. But, um, yeah, I it's just been a really tough time sitting back and seeing some of these things, but... Um, you know, we gotta, we gotta continue to move on and, and, you know, find solace in things like, I mean, frankly, and it's what we're transitioning into now, our Spartan moments have been kind of a positive thing for me reading everybody's and kind of reminiscing on some of the, you know, some of the crazy things that have happened. So Gumble, what were the two moments that you ended up writing about? Um, the first one I did was the 2014 Rose Bowl game, the hundredth Rose Bowl game between state and Stanford. Um, Connor Cook took over early in that year and kind of established himself as the starter and uh, played very well in the Rose Bowl game. And obviously the defining moment of that game was the uh, fourth down stop from Kyler Ellsworth. And kind of just that game, that win propelled uh, MSU football into their three-year stretch of national dominance. And for me, too, I was, I think, around like 14 at the time. That's when I really started to get invested into Michigan State sports. So that game kind of hit home with me. And then I also did the 2007 national championship from the hockey team, uh, which I was too young to have known about at the time or have watched. But it was fun going back and uh, reading up on that and watching old highlights from it because I had no idea about um, Justin Advocator's uh, play where he gave the team the lead with like 10 seconds left. Mm -hmm. So that was cool to watch and just kind of reminisce on. So those are the two I did. Sarah, what were your two moments that you wrote about? Uh, the first one I did was the 2010 game with Michigan State versus Notre Dame. It was the one with the Little Giants play that, you know, got them out of the second overtime and um, kind of propelled, you know, the green and white to finish with their 11-1 overall record, which is the most wins to date in school history. And this was one of the, I think, last five games they had with Notre Dame and Notre Dame and Michigan State are going to meet again in their regular season until 2026. So this was kind of like a big deal. It's definitely a fan favorite. Um, and this game was also kind of important because afterwards, D'Antonio suffered from a mild heart attack and was hospitalized. Yeah. So the offense, former offensive coordinator, Don Treadwell, um, was the he acting head coach during D'Antonio's recovery time and um, was kind of like, you know, in head for six or so games while D'Antonio was in the hospital. And then um, D'Antonio resumed and kind of took over in the press box. But uh, the second... Uh, moment that I did was one of the biggest ones, the ones, that, one of the ones that I've heard, you know, talked about all over campus all the time. The Miracle at the Big House with the trouble with the snap play. Um, this game was in 2015, and you know, obviously everybody knows it's when Jalen Watts Jackson caught the um, caught the ball that was free from a fumbled snap, and then kind of ran it to the you know the end end zone and scored the game winning touchdown, so the Spartans could get ahead of their in-state rivals, Michigan. Um, this game, they improved their record to 7-0 to overall for the first time since 2010. And um, D'Antonio also improved his record against U of M to 7-2 to and earned his 100th uh, career coaching victory. So this was kind of one of the most successful seasons in university history. And they went on with an almost undefeated run and secured you know, their third Big Ten championship. And um, they finished with both a record and their fifth 11-season win in kind of six years. So this was definitely a huge season for them and a huge game. And, you know, now obviously Michigan State football is being 
taking over by Mel Tucker, hopefully in the fall if the season goes on. So, you know, hopefully we're looking forward to more games like that. I gotta ask you guys because I've been pondering this ever since I, you know, reminisced over trouble with the snap when I read Sarah's story. What do you guys think is the crazier sports moment? The trouble with the snap, that sequence, or the Alabama Auburn kick six? Kick six. Um, I think so. I, I think kick six. I'll give it that. I'm, I'm going to go with trouble with the snap. I was obviously a little more emotionally invested into that one, but I remember being at my grandma's house watching that and just going nuts. The, the last thing you expect was for them to take it back to the house and score, but both were pretty surreal. Yeah, definitely both were pretty surreal, but I'd have to go with Brendan, too, on this one. Trouble with the snap is more surreal because I was kind of raised in a Spartan household. So Michigan State football was a big thing, and, you know, watching that game is a moment that you don't really forget. As much as kick six was nuts, I remember I watched, I was there, I watched both moments live. Like, that one was crazy. But, like... I think the thing that was trouble with the snap, it was like, I've always seen it as like the meme where it's like, oh, picture taken moments before disaster. And it's the picture of Desmond Howard giving the thumbs up to the camera right before <laughs> it happens. I think all like that and like the fans reaction is always my favorite thing. Like I, the two images I was always in my head is the one, there's the one Michigan fan with the hands on his head and there's the one Alabama fan with the hands on his head. Both of those will forever be cemented in my head. I don't know if I'll ever be able to pick one or the other. Obviously, a little more emotionally invested into trouble with the snap, but like, oh, that kick six one is just, man, that one's crazy. I think it kind of depends on like really how much you read. And it's crazy that they're both rivalry games. I think it depends on how much, like, whatever rivalry you respect more. Like, if you respect the MSU U of M rivalry, like, more you're obviously going to go with trouble with the snap, but, like, kick six, I mean, that is legit. Like, family members hate each other if you're, like, an Auburn mm-hmm. fan and, you're like, your uncle's an Alabama fan. Mm-hmm. Like, that is that is a blood rivalry right there. Yeah. The two moments that I had were two that I – well, the first one that I wrote was one that I actually was at, which is the Final Four um, in Detroit. Um, went with my brother and his buddy and my father. We all went – and that one was just, I mean, I, I didn't fully understand what was fully happening when I was there, but obviously Detroit at the time was one of those, I mean, it was in uh, in turmoil, it was in all, having all kinds of problems with the economic crisis, it was a year after everything went to hell, and uh, I mean, that was a place that was just, I don't know that I've ever been in a building that had, had that much energy in one night, I mean, Ford Field was filled, and you had... I mean, Ford Field has not had a bigger game, in my opinion, than this. The, the Lions haven't done anything in Ford Field that, that rivaled this. And um, that, that game, unlike today, I mean, high fives were like a must. You were high-fiving people in the, th- in the stands. It was crazy. And then, um, I mean, obviously they beat UConn in the, a stacked um, UConn team with Hashim Thabit and Kemba Walker and... Um, the dunk drill Summers has over Stanley Robinson. That one, I was behind the, that basket. It, oh, my Lord, it was that, that the heck of a dunk. And that was kind of like the cap of the night. And it, it was like almost like the you could hear everyone in Detroit in that area almost like let out a sigh of relief. It was just a moment everyone got to, like, move past things. And then uh, my other one was Lucius' shot against Maryland, which little did we know a couple years later they were going to be in our conference, which – I'm not sure that I the whole Maryland thing being in the Big Ten is still weird to me, even though I 
had it for over half my life now it feels like um but i remember uh going i was watching it with my brother and we both went outside because they were up by 16 and um we thought the game was over and i went back inside to use the bathroom and i walked in about 10 seconds before uh, um grievous vasquez goes up for the layup and, and takes the lead and then i remember you know putting my hands on my head going oh my gosh are they seriously gonna lose this game and Corey lucius just i mean picks picks his picks up his dribble dribbles to the left takes the shot top of the key sinks it and i mean that's like one of the that one and the miles bridges shot are the only two major buzzer beaters denzel valentine on valentine's day those three are like the only buzzer beaters i can remember in my lifetime um that you know to win a game like that and i mean in the tournament style i mean that was just to go to the elite eight after Kim lucas had ruptured his achilles was frankly one of the games of the year and right now so looking at our bracket since we put all these into a bracket and voting trouble with the snap beat the big 10 championship versus purdue in 2016 the windmill versus ohio state is in 2015 and then um what else do we have oh 2015 louisville beat 09 duke and then thir- 2013 Big Ten Championship versus Ohio State. And, oh, Ryder, I didn't even ask you. Ryder, what were your two moments? Oh, it's, it's a, you know, calling out my picks on the pod, forgetting about my moments. I, I won't forget this, Eli. I won't forget this. No, I'm kidding. But, um, yeah, I did the windmill piece. Um, I mean, that game was honestly huge at the time. I believe Ohio State was third in the nation i'm pretty sure state was ninth um really whoever won that game was pretty much going to go to the college football playoff so that was a do or die game for state um at the time i was an ohio state fan because i grew up an ohio state fan um didn't have fond memories of it then but i always knew it was a special game i went back and rewatched it and saw how michigan state literally grinded at every single position to get that win of course, what everybody remembers is Michael Geiger's phenomenal celebration after that game-winning field goal. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, just one of the most memorable moments in Michigan State sports history. So just a lot of fun to go back and reminisce that. That uh, give Tyler O'Connor, Damian Terry in that game, stepping in. I mean, yeah. I mean that was a terrible I, offensive game on both ends, but they did just enough to pull that one out. It's crazy to think that it? they did. State wasn't even stacked that much on defense that year, really, and no. that defense played out of their mind. Like, truly unbelievable. They game plan perfectly and executed. Uh, my second moment was um, uh, so 2009 NCAA Women's Tournament. Um, State had a solid year. It was Susie Merchant's second year as head coach. But the uh, coach that preceded her, Joan P. McCallie, she moved on to Duke and... Lo and behold, both teams win in the, their first round games in the Berkeley region. Um, Duke's number one seed, State's ninth seed, and they're matched up at a game in East Lansing at the Breslin Center because at the time State put in a successful financial bid to host first and second round games. Um, massive upset, uh, like really kind of put Merchant on the map as like competitive coach in the tournament. State would go on to lose in the Sweet Sixteen, but it. If you could, like, if you read the article, there's a lot more detail. It was a redemption game for Maya Johnson. Um, I mean, obviously, success versus predecessor is, is a great narrative overall. So, yeah, check them all out. Yeah, I mean, and now looking at the brackets some more, I mean, trouble with the snap going over 
Big Ten Championship Purdue was pretty obvious, I thought. Windmill versus Ohio State beat 05 Final Four in Tennessee, which I, that was a huge game. Um, lead eight Louisville over your Duke game. Then Big Ten Championship versus Ohio State, I feel like did not get, it felt like it got underseeded versus Little Giants because that game was huge. Um, and then right it now, was, yeah. right now in the voting for on the second side, the Elite Eight Duke win last year is currently over, um, which is just buzzer beater. I mean, it's like 78 to 20%. Cotton Bowl in the 2009 Final Four are like in a dead heat. They're like a 2% difference, but it's like a few votes. Um, Rose Bowl is like 81% overwhelming over the Michigan Big Ten Championship left from last year. And it looks like hockey is going to pull it out against the Kentucky 2005 Elite Eight. Um, I don't know. I feel like if I had to pick one, it's probably going to come down to trouble with the snap in the Elite Eight Duke just because of recency bias. But, I mean, that 2013 Big Ten Championship guy is, I mean, that was a huge game. If I remember right, that's Braxton Miller time, 2013. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was a huge, huge game. And Michigan State, like, it's crazy to think, but they, like, they led that entire game, if I remember right. And they they put on a clinic. And it's crazy to think that they could do that against an Ohio State team that seems so much more talented than a Michigan State team from this standpoint. But, uh, but anyways, guys, that is all we have going into today. Next week with uh, Gumble, Ryder, and Jaina, we are going to be hopping on to discuss our brackets and how we've gone down and to debate and name a national champion. So I want to thank all of you guys for coming on um, and joining me over Zoom and trying to make this work. Really appreciate it, guys. Thank you, Eli. It was a good time. Thanks for having us, Eli. Thanks for having us, Eli.